discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, it's good to see everyone. I want to give us an opportunity to ask questions um, for this morning. So, if there's any question on your heart, um, you are at liberty to ask. Any question at all from work, relationships, spirituality, anything at all that marriage, children, anything at all that is on your heart that you want to you ask, you are at liberty to ask. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. So my question is on uh, loving your neighbor. Okay. Yeah. So you are a Christian, and Bible says we should love uh, our neighbor as we love ourselves. But then your neighbor is also a Christian speaking in tongues. And you are very close to the neighbor, but the neighbor's attitude is not, it's not like showing God. <laughs> You've said it countless times. Mm. Then even... Because of your neighbor's actually you, your your love for God is like some way because it's dwindling. Yeah. It's a challenge. <laughs> Continue, my brother. <laughs> because it's like the issues you're not supposed to have with your neighbor, you're having with your neighbor. And now it's like you're wondering whether God is okay with you. Because like there's so much you're not okay with him. Even though you're like so you're much flowing. Tension. Yeah. How would you navigate that? Like, how would you handle... Give your neighbor the message I just preached. <laughs> First of all, that's one of the solutions. Intentionally play it around when it's around. Do you see? Uh-huh. Because there's something wrong. Like you're saying, the, the problem is that your neighbor is not allowing the word to affect him or to affect her. Yeah. yeah you have more to say. Yeah, there's a... Uh-huh. So, there lies a case. Your neighbor doesn't know that what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like oblivious. Mm-hmm. When you say it to him, he's like, ah. Like he doesn't see a problem with it. But you know that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, oh, maybe it's, it's you that you're having a problem. You don't have a lo- like enough heart, en- enough love in your heart. Mm-hmm. You don't you feel like, oh, maybe the, the love of God is not shut up on your heart properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how would you navigate it? Yeah. Thank you, Daddy. So sometimes someone can be put into your life to develop a particular <laughs> character, spring, uh, fruit of the spirit in your life. Yes. Normally, husbands and wives are like that. They, your husband is a means of developing the fruit of the spirit in your life. I tell you, yes, certain types of things must develop. So if you notice some things are not changing, it's not my, like, it's not, it's not understanding. Love him anyway. Do you get it? Pray for him. That Jesus said to pray for those who despitefully use you. Yes, those who curse you. So just pray for him. The more you pray for him, the more your heart, the bigger your heart to become for him. Do you see? Uh-huh. That's what you need to do. So that you can at least live 
with your neighbor and flow and be happy. Yes, because clearly he has been put in your life to develop patience or meekness or gentleness or long-suffering, temperance, endurance, something. Yes, so just endure and be blessed. Hallelujah. Please advance that you. Great. Yes. Okay. Um, I know you. Um, please, my question is about school. So, um, okay, let me make it personal. So, um, in my school, there's this particular lecturer that um, we all know, like, whenever you come to the school and you're about to do his course, the first thing that they tell you is that it's either you're very good in academically or you're going to pay for the course. So we didn't believe it. All them say, we're like, okay, Charlie, ah, we didn't move, so, so. But when it got there, this man has been doing it to me, especially, and to some other people. And it's become difficult. So um, the recent thing that is going on is, um, I'm supposed to graduate um, in November, um, my graduation. But because of him, he's only, that um, I'm left with his paper. You have he's saying um, I have to pay him a certain amount of money before he lets go. How much? <laughs> Thousand two. Clear. <laughs> Next question. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pay and be happy. No, you were told it's either you are academically good or you pay. You are not academically good, clearly. You pay. You just pay. Please, next. Yes, yes. Let's continue our life. Or what do you want me to do? You are, you, God, don't pray about it. Just pay and be happy. You die or you pray that he will die. I mean, when he dies, your, your, your degree will go for another two years. Just pay and be happy. If that's what, cause if that's, that's, that's what he has said, that you have to pay. Terms are If he's not saying, if he's not saying he's going to sleep with you or whatever, and he says you should pay, I don't know if you have time. Maybe you will set him up as you are paying him. You set him up and then you go and you give it to the the VC and then they sack him or something. I don't know, you can, you, whatever. But, Charlie, or else you keep writing. You see that one year has come. We have, we have written one and you go another one, another one. Because thousand two. So you are not, yes, just pay. Yes. Daddy, please, I have an anger issue and I want a message. I want a message so that I can control my anger issue. You want, you want me to give you, prescribe a message for you to help with anger issues? Hey. See your pastor, I'm sure they can prescribe one for you. Yeah. Yeah, but there are, there are several messages that have been preached that will, will help. But one of the main things about anger is that the Holy Spirit, okay, controls you. So you must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit some more. Uh-huh. Yes. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, or of cringing fear. But he has given us a spirit of love, of, of power, of a sound mind. Do you see? We have a sound mind. We have, we have yes, self-control. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. Okay, the fruits of the, the human spirit because of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. That's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Do you see? So, let, tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me control my, my anger. Help me not be angry over unnecessary things. Do you get it? Mm. The Bible says that, be angry and sin not. 
Then he also says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to control my anger. Help me dissipate all this anger. Help me. And he will help you. Okay? Yes, Pastor Ivan. Okay. Hallelujah. So um, I always say that this walk of faith that we have or this life that we live, you have to meditate on the word for it to get into your heart. Okay. So you have to, like the scripture that you talked about, we do not have the spirit of fear, but of love, of a sound mind also means self-control. Okay. So yesterday I was listening to a message and there's this thing that um, Joel Austin says at the beginning of every message. He said, this is my Bible. And he says, it is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I, and I can do what it says I can do. Okay. So somebody else said it. But then I, I realized that whatever the Bible says you are, you have to accept that you are. And then you become. Okay. The Bible is saying that he has given us a spirit of, of power, of love, and a sound mind. You have to personalize that this is what I have. It's not just agreeing with it in your head. That, oh, yes. Okay, the Bible says that I have um, love, I have the spirit of power. Oh, okay, okay. That, no, that's no meditation. You have to begin to say it for yourself. That I, Yvonne, I have been given the spirit of power. So I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love. I have the spirit of self-control. I do not get angry. The spirit. So you go to First Corinthians 13. What does it mean? So as I say, I'm looking at scriptures. Okay, I'm not just using my mind to say something. I go to First Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13 talks about love. Okay, now the Bible is saying that the Holy Spirit has shed abroad His love upon my heart. Okay, so I don't. So this is what the Bible is saying that I have. Okay, I have. So let's go to First Corinthians 13. The verse 4. Uh-huh. I suffer long. If you don't understand what suffer long is, go to Amplified or a Bible that is clearer. You have to read the Bible and understand what you are saying. Do you understand? Because when you don't understand, you don't really appreciate what you are saying. Okay? So suffer long is like old King James English. Some of us, we don't have a problem with it. But I say, uh-huh. So BB says that love is never tired of waiting. That means you are patient. Okay, I am patient. Love is kind. I am kind. I do not envy. Love, do you get it? Because the spirit of the Lord has shed abroad his love upon your heart. Okay, so the way we become in Christianity is to accept what the Bible is saying God has given us. Otherwise, you can never become. You will try with all your strength. You will try with, you will you'll be making mistakes along the way, you get frustrated at a point and say that, ah, this is how I am, I've tried, I've left it. But in this hour walk, that's not what it is. You have to speak the word over your, or your life. It is the word that changes you. Now, if you choose that this is the way I'm, this is what Christians are supposed to do. The Christians in Acts were called Christians by unbelievers, not by themselves because they looked like Jesus. Do you understand? 
they looked like Christ and the unbelievers called them Christians. It weren't said that you are a Christian when you become born again. No, it's the unbelievers who looked at them and said, hey, these people, they act like Christ. And they called them Christ-like. That is what a Christian is. Christ-like. Now it's just a slab title. But you are not Christ-like. It is not just about saying a prayer. I received you, okay, so now I'm not going to hell. So I think that was what I wanted to accomplish. So hey. No, it's questionable. It's, it starts from there, but it doesn't end there. Yeah, it starts from there, but it doesn't end there. Because honestly, I was thinking about it. We are having a group of people who don't want Jesus. But without him, you are in trouble. Haven't you seen how dark the world is? Terribly dark. But we have the light of the world. So just accept the word. Look, if you don't read the Bible, you know what is in it. And believe you me, gone are the days when it's your pastor that tells you everything. As Christians or as children of God, you have to understand who you have become and what you have become. Otherwise, whatever inheritance God has for you, you cannot get it. That inheritance is in the word. And the Bible says in Acts that what? Paul said, I commend you to God. Please show that scripture and show it in a simpler English because the English is a problem nowadays. Acts 20.32. Yes, Acts 20.32. Now I give you into the care of God and the word of his grace which is able to make you strong and to give you your heritage among all the saints. It is the word that gives you your heritage. If you don't go into the, the word you will not know. You will not know. You will not know what Jesus did for you. And you will say that it's, preachers are lying to you. Nobody is lying to you. You have a book. You are supposed to read to find out what has been done. We can't teach you everything. And even when we teach you, you don't go back to learn. And when you don't go back to learn, you will forget. So then the parable in Matthew of the sower comes, look, everything the Bible says is true. The sower went out to sow. The word of God is the seed. The ground is your heart. One, if you don't understand, the devil will take it away. The devil, look, there's a devil. The devil will take it away. Two, if you do not receive, if you don't take time, like what I'm telling you, take time with the word, speak the word over your life. This is what God has given me. This is what I have. If you don't do that, it will be corrupted by the cares of this world, which are there, which include your school fees, where you stay, your mother's problems, your father's problems, your sister's problems, everything. It will corrupt the word that has come to you because you failed to take time. It, look, it goes for every single person. You fail to take time to sit down and accept it for yourself. It's a good thing that when we go before the judgment seat, everybody is going individually, and we are not going as a church group. There's a reason for it. Because God is expecting each and every single one of us to take in the word for themselves. Otherwise, how your, your world turns out, or how your life turns out, is you. Because what Jesus has done, he has already done it. He's not coming to die again. You have to find out what that means. And when we teach you, Go over so that it will stick for your own good. 
Do you understand? It's, it's personal. It's not. It is a personal relationship. It's not a group work. It's not a group work. It's personal. It's not a group work. So you see, that's why you see people prosper and be wondering, what have you been doing? Yeah. It is not automatic that because I come to church every day, everything should be fine. No. But you are not doing what you are supposed to do on your own. Mm. Yes, there are some graces that cover. But the individual thing you are supposed to get, if you don't do it, you won't get. And let me tell you, God is no respecter of persons. You are not it's either you go through his word or forget it. There's no respecter of persons with God. You are not too special than the next person. God loves everybody. God loves everybody. He will die for he died for everybody individually. It has nothing to do with how you look, where you are from, what it has nothing to do with that. When you know this, you take your life with the word of God seriously and do what you are told to do in church. Because let me tell you, pastor, we are here, we are workers with God. We are not the solution. We are supposed to lead you to God. Who is the solution? Now, if you are leading you to God and don't want him, we don't know what we can do for you again. Because God is the solution. Today I was calculating how long I've been born again. About 22 years plus, or even more than that, plus. So I've worked with God for a long time. And we are still here, and we are telling you something. You, you are six months, you are three months, we are telling you something. You are telling us that you know better than us. It's very strange. That is a gross lack of wisdom. Do you understand? So please. Just pay attention to the things that are, and do it. That is how we, when we're told, we did it. They said, you do it like this. We go, we practice it. Realize, oh, it's true, we continue in it. You don't stop and say, okay, work, then you stop. You continue. It is a forever life. And life is either you are for the devil or you are for God. There's no middle way. So choose God because he is light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So always remember that your anger eh, does not work out the righteousness of God. That's in uh, um, James chapter 1, I think, verse 20. It says, for the righteousness of God does not come about by the wrath of man. Okay? King James, look at the King James. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Amplified. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness God wishes and requires. Your anger. Someone says, I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to my anger. Yes. Yes. You are rubbing me the wrong way. I'm angry. So you display your anger. One of the things you must always remember is that what will you, how will you come back to the one you got so angry with and, and said things you were not supposed to say? Do you see? You must always think about some of those things. Some people, when they get angry, then they start talking. It start talking anyhow. Say anything anyhow. You are not wise. You are a foolish man. Foolish girl, this, 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 say things. Some throw things. Yes, one day you kill someone. And before you realize, 
you are in prison. If you're in a relationship and they are beating you, the guy gets angry and beats you, comes to apologize later. And then it's like, that is where the romance is more. It's like it's very, it's very romantic. You need renovation, I tell you. You need an overhaul. Oh, yes. So much anger that, Charlie. So, man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Eh? Yes. There's a question online, so please, you can ask. Yeah. First question. Please, my question is, as a Christian, do I need something extra aside the Holy Spirit? Do I need something extra aside the Holy Spirit? You need the Word of God. You need the, you need the Word of God. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to pray. You need faith. You need love. It all comes through the Word. So, normally we will crystallize it into the Word and the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who leads you into the Word. And the Word of God is the one who helps you to hear the Holy Spirit. Do you see? The Word and the Spirit are... That, that's God. Those, this is God. God is the Word. God is the Spirit. God, this is God. So, God is what you need. Or is who you need. And He's, he's in your life as the Spirit and as the Word. Please, does it make sense? Beautiful. So that's what you need. No what? No oil. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the oil. Yeah, the oil has a place. Oil has a place. Say oil has a place. You can anoint someone and heal the person for healing. Jesus gave his disciples oil. Prayed over oil for them to go and anoint people and heal them. It's in the mark. And they cast out many that was an anointed with oil, many that were sick and healed them. So oil is important. Don't say oil is not important. Oil is important. It's for healing. You anoint for healing. James chapter 5, verse, uh, if you are led to do it, do it. Don't say, we, we don't use oil in this church. We use oil in this church. Oh, we don't use oil in this church. How are you made a pastor? Why did they pour oil on you? Yeah, I mean. James five fourteen. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord. So oil is important. Don't say oil is not important. Oil is important. Okay? Alright. But you need... The oil is actually an expression of the Spirit. It's a representation of the Holy Spirit. Don't go for that oil and not the Holy Ghost. The oil doesn't do anything. It's the Holy Ghost on the oil that makes it work. Thank you, Daddy. I think sometimes when people ask about this question, they, they're trying to figure out if there is something extra to do and not simply depend on the Word and the Spirit. I don't know if you understand. I understand. I understand. Yeah, but there's nothing extra to the word and the spirit is what you need. Okay, your hand is okay. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. I have a fellow friend in the medical school. Okay, and um, we've been best friends for like five years now. Mm-hmm. And apparently, one day we we're in the library studying together, and he came out clear to me that, um, Ken, I'm an atheist now. Okay, I was very busy, so I was like, Oh, well, that's it, that's what he's teaching, so we'll talk about it later. So I was in the bathroom, but he's apparently my roommate too. Okay, so. I was batting and I reflected on his question. I came, I was like, ah, that was what I see. Mm-hmm. I am an atheist. I was like, yeah, I'm an atheist. I was like, okay, well, I don't have anything to say since it's a personal decision. I don't want to really, really convince you. Then I thought he was joking. This happened in February, I think when Ita was on strike, but we were still in school. Yeah. Then um, we, we resumed for our second semester. I realized that he was serious with it. He was posting things, speaking against God. I was like, well, I really need to speak sense into this guy. <laughs> he we went to the same SHS, and yeah. he was the one who convinced me to worship God. Wow. I was worshiping God, though, but like, I was not serious. Yeah, not so serious, yeah. So he convinced me to start praying very hard. Mm. And I find myself in a situation where he has, he said he's an atheist now. 
doesn't believe in God anymore. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. So I tried speaking to him. I've had four arguments with him. And so funny, I've lost all. Wow. I've not won just one of the arguments. Wow. And, and, and ever since he came out clear that he's not an atheist, um, I was like, well, let's just wait. You start feeling and you see what will happen. Mm. And we wrote, during our second semester, we wrote our first interim assessment. He was on top, of the, on top of the list. Wow. From neuroscience, everything. I was like, wow. It looks attractive. This thing is really working for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 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 I realized that I was not an atheist. I didn't believe in it. But I realized that he was having an influence in my life. On you, yeah. I asked him how he passed the exams. I examined, our interim assessment was on Monday. I was like, oh, the Sunday you were going to church, I asked you to share, we should serve a past question. <laughs> That's what came. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, I realized that the following interim assessment, I didn't go to church. For the whole of the second semester, I didn't mm. attend church. Yeah. It's not that I don't believe in God. Mm. I still believe in God. I believe God took me where I am today. Mm. But I feel he's having an influence in me. He's a, he's, he has been my best friend for five years. I just can't leave him like that. I feel like I should convince him. But anytime I try speaking to him... He try. he convinces yes, you. Yes, he convinces me more. He makes me think there is no God. <laughs> and yes, one time... I, I, Recently, yes, so the, the answer is in First Corinthians chapter 15. Evil communication corrupts good manners. And he was talking about the existence of God and the existence of judgment and all of that. And that was what he popped in. Do you see? Yeah. Uh-huh. So what you need to do is to come back. So I should stay away from him. You have to stay away from him. All right. Okay? You can study with him and all of that, but don't bring the subject up. Don't bring that subject because he's, he's convincing you gradually. Okay, this is the first Corinthians 15 33. It says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good manners. You see, and Paul was talking, if you go to the verse, two verses up, go to two verses up, verse 30, 31. He says, I protest by rejoicing, which I have in Christ, Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Verse 32. If after the man of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He says, If there's nothing like the resurrection, there are two kinds of resurrection. And this will, this will happen. I mean, you should ask yourself where human beings go to when they die. You may not believe that God exists, but where do human beings go to when they die? Do you believe in death? Or you believe in what? Annihilation. When you die, you just go into the skies. You join the air that we breathe. Whatever you want to believe, when you die, you will see what is there. So maybe he will face his greatest um, question to his life when he passes on. We are praying, so you can pray for him, but you're trying to convince him and trying to talk to him. That's not work. You are not strong in the way to, to get him. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So stay away along those lines. And pray for a laborer. Pray for, that's what we have, Jesus told us today. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the people who were scattered as sheep without a shepherd, he told them, he told the disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into the harvest. It's like a child who wants to speak to the father about, Jesus, about God. Your father may not mind you. I pay your school fees. You are coming to tell me about God. My friend, get up. He may not mind you, but you can pray for someone who has influence in his life to talk to him about God. And it's happened so many times where fathers have changed because someone who had a certain kind of influence and believed in God spoke to them. You get it. So someone else will have to do that job of speaking to him, not you. Okay? So you stay away. Keep doing what you are. Keep doing. Just get deeper into the Lord. Like my wife was saying, it's not hanging around the Lord that makes things work. It's going deeper into the Lord that makes things work. If you go deeper, you'll do better. When they are building skyscrapers, what do they do? Have you ever seen any tall, high-rise building being built before? What do they do? Do they, do they dig normal foundation like you dig for a three-bedroom house? What do they do? 
they go very deep down. I, went, I, I saw a building that they are building recently. And they've dug maybe about six floors down. Yes, six floors down. Yes, dug, dug, dug. So it means that it's going to go very high. Yes. It's going to go very, very high. That building is going to have about 3,000 apartments. 3,000 apartments. So you can imagine. It's very, over a small, in, a, in a very small space like this, this area where we are. we are. Yes. So they've gone deep down. Why? They are going to go very high. It's the same with Christianity. If you want to go very high with the Lord and become highly productive, you need to go very deep with God. That's how it is. Okay? So just stay away. Pray for him. And do what, do what you know you're supposed to do. Time in the house of God is not wasted. It's not wasted time at all. Okay? I shared recently on the available church. And I shared on why you must be in the house of God. It's so important. Okay? It's so important. If, if um, I mean, how are doctors produced? You are going to be a doctor soon. My wife is a doctor. How are doctors produced? Doctors are produced by going to a particular place. You can't stay in your house and become a medical doctor. You will kill people. You have to be on the ward. You have, if you're going to do surgery, you have to go to the theater and go and do what you're supposed to do. Be there. Be available and watch one do. Okay, assist one do and do. No be so. That's how it is. So that's how church too is. If you want to develop with the Lord, there's a place, there's a location that has been designed for you to go to. You can't sit in the house and say, I'm okay with the Lord. Just as you can't stay in the house, something as sensitive as taking care of the human body must not be done at home. You must go to a physical place to be thought. How much more something as eternally sensitive as your spirit? I mean, we can't joke with it. You really have to be there physically for some things to be done on your spirit and on your soul, yes. I hope I've answered you. Beautiful. Just to comment on um, what Daddy was mentioning. Um, also, many people who say they are atheists, we've encountered quite a number of people. Usually it's because they are angry about something. And why they are angry is also because of what we were talking about earlier today. They've not spent time in the Word of God for it to really get into it. They play around it. And when they are not getting the result, they, are, they now question whether it really works. You see, but the thing is that, like Mami was mentioning, if you don't, it, there's no special principle for you. If you don't, if you disregard how God sees to get things done, you will not have it happening at all. And in any argument for any atheist, usually they are arguing because of what you are saying, not what they are saying. They need you to talk before they can argue. What it means is that you said there is God, and God has has a son. So now they are questioning based on that. But if you ask them, okay, let's forget Christianity. Let's, let's build a world. Let's see how you start it. Where, where are you starting from? They don't have anything to start from. They don't know what to say. They argue with you on what is already existing. But they cannot create anything. When they start creating, they realize that it is the most... You need... It is the most absurd system. You, you even wonder why you want to believe that one and not, and, and not God. Because if they start to create, they don't know where to start from. They'll just say, boom. Where, where's the boom from? Who created the boom? When you start asking such a question, it becomes, you realize the foolishness of atheism and many other religions like that. I get in it. Because they, they pose that you don't have to, they, don't, they do with logical things. So logically build the world. There's no logic to it. That's why God calls us to believe in what he has said. Somebody has to tell you to know. It cannot just happen out of randomness. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? That's also to help you understand that um, on, people only argue and say they are against God because there is God. If not, they can't say I'm against God. They need God to be around to say that, ah, now I don't believe you again. What can you do? It's actually a, um, a challenge. Like they are trying to challenge God. And if God is to answer, it will not be easy. But you see, God is the one that is love. That shows you really that God is love. You know, some people feel that people have challenged God and God didn't do anything. It means there's no God. Rather, it means that God is really love, like he said he, has, he is. Because if you react, they are gone. And they are not gone for a moment. They are gone eternally. He holds himself. That It's like they want to, but it's like, oh, you don't know what you are doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe you should read Job. Yeah, you should read Job. Yes, Job. Job the book of Job um, from 33. Yeah. Onwards. 32, 33. 32, 33 onwards. When God started replying, when God started talking, like, Charlie, who do you Me- think message you are? Version, yeah. Message version. Maybe we can read small a bit of it. Like who, who, who? You see, how many of you have phones? Give me a wave if you have a phone. You have a phone. Okay. Did the phone come into existence by? How did they? How did they come? Someone made it, right? Someone designed it, isn't it? Someone thought of it. Someone decided that they should do this, should do that, they should do that. That's why it's working, isn't it? So how about? How about some? Something or someone as complex as you, as you the human, human being. How come our heart is where it is and doing the functions that it is doing? How is it not? Is it not? Can't you tell that there's some intelligence working in your system? You're a medical, a medical person. Can't you tell that there's something? How come the blood does not flow out of your body? You get it. How come? I mean, how come your eye? Look at how complex our eyes are. Someone has to go to school for so many. How many years do you need to go to school to become an ophthalmologist? Not optometrist, ophthalmologist. How many years? Six years medicine, five years for socialization. You've taken house job and those things out. You need two years of house job. So that's, that's making it about medical officer. So let's say 16, at least 16 to even 18 years. Yes, you need to go to school for a long time to be able to work on just this one. Not to make it, to work on it when there's a problem. Just to work on it, not to make it. How many years does a phone repairer need to go to school to repair your screen when it cracks? And you, are, you think you are smarter than God. I don't know if, you see, so it doesn't make sense. You can't say that we just came into, no, there's someone, there's an architect behind it. Someone is behind it. Look at the expanse of the heavens. And you sit in a plane, you see these clouds, there are more, there's more space. Who is the one who made those spaces? What is the way, to, what is the entrance to, 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 to death? How do you enter death? And come out of death. Where do where is it? And where how do you come? Someone entered and came out. You say you don't believe. Ah. When you meet the person, you can can say you can give you argument. Yeah. But it's here, you see. And now finally, God answered Joe from the from the eye of a violent stomach and, and said, He said, Next verse. Why do you confuse the issue? Why do you talk without knowing what you are talking about? You, see, you are talking about things you don't know about. Pull yourself together, Job, up on your feet, stand tall. I have some questions to for you. And I want some straight answers. I want some straight. This is, so good. This is a reply of God to atheists. Next verse. Where were you when I created the earth? Tell me, since you know so much. Next verse. Who decided on this size? Do you know that the, if the earth should move away from the sun just two inches, an inch, we will all freeze to death. If it should move an inch closer to the, to the, to the sun, we will all bend to death. Who decided that it should be where it is? 
revolving on this, uh, on this axis and going around a certain orbit that is not an inch closer or an inch further. Who decided on it? And it's still on this orbit, going. The orbit you can't see physically. There's no physical orbit that when you go out of space, you see it's an axis down. It is on the axis, something. There's nothing there. It is not, it's hanging. So your, your existence alone is a mystery. Why are we not falling off the earth? You say it's gravity. Who created gravity to have sense to keep us on the earth and not let us be floating? Why are we affected by, by gravity? You are not a magnet, but you are not moving out of... Why is it that when we... You don't float. Meanwhile, when you throw anything up, it goes and it has to come down. Why? Why? Who made all, none of all these things? If phone was made by somebody, your TV that is working, that takes shows you Netflix and whatever, Roku and all of those things, you can have it and it's working and you, you can enjoy it. How much more someone as complicated as you? Nobody made you. You came into existence. Madness. <laughs> About them. That's what the Bible said. The fool has said that it's only a fool. Because you are too foolish. Whatever you say, you are a fool. Whatever you will say, you are a big fool. There's no God. Hey, you are a fool. Yes. Who decided on this side? Certainly you know that. Who came up with the blueprints and measurements? Yes, who? Questions. Many questions. He has plenty of things. So, Charlie. You, maybe you don't, you can't defend by living, but you know that Charlie, the thing somebody they, somebody they, I know if you talk to somebody, nobody they, somebody they, leave it, leave him, okay? Even communication corrupts what? Good manners, yes. You have a question? This, um, my question is very simple. Um, yes. My question is, um, does God bless you to become successful in legal ways that is according to man, but illegal to? the word of God. For example, betting. You see, <laughs> no, <laughs> you see, come here, come here, relax. Some, for me, like this, betting is like a business. If you bet, your money lose, you, you go, you win, you win. That's it. So sometimes, somebody like me, I can fast like one week before I bet. Wow. Supernatural betting. <laughs> And, and, and funny enough, I'll and win. And that's work. It works. It yeah, works. I'll win and I'll get like triple the amount. So if I put 2,000 on it, I'm getting close to 6,000. So I was wondering, anytime I go to a church and it'll be like, betting is no good, betting is this, and I'm like, ah. It's spoiling, it's spoiling your flow. Yeah, it's spoiling my, my yeah. And, and then the other thing is um, about world music, like, um, worldly music. Yeah, when you compare the two, you see, you started by saying your question is simple, but it's not simple like that. <laughs> so if you compare the two, worldly music, it it goes faster. It has more influence. It has more money. Like you can, if like uh, if you're an artist, yeah, if you're an artist, when you start, you get a lot of recognition. And but when you come to the gospel, gospel aspect, you don't get money. Yeah, and so some some people actually pray to God before they go to studio and make those worldly music. So I was wondering, is it? Is it good that you, you put God that like, God, I'm going to sing uh, some song like this. God, please, let the Holy Spirit anoint the lyrics. Is it, I was let your spirit remain on it. <laughs> I was wondering. Beautiful. Your questions are not simple at all. They are not simple at all. That's powerful. So let's start with the first one. Let's try and answer the first one. Yeah. Is betting okay? Or oh, it's not okay? Is it a means of God blessing you? Or is it a means of blessing you? Now, the main thing is this. 
God does not want to use something that is not stable to be a means of your, your source of financial buoyancy. You see, something that you can't, you can't really trust on a certain level. Because anything can happen. You start with 2,000, you are getting 6,000. First 13, 11. Yes, Living Bible. Wealth from gambling quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows. So it's not that God does not, God hates you. Do you see? Huh. But he wants you to understand that wealth that comes by gambling goes away what? Quickly disappears. Why? You have a t- you've developed a t- it's a habit. Though. It's a habit. It's not a business though. Not for the one who is taking it. The one who's organizing is a, is a business. And I know people who have organized many for many years. They are all poor now. Okay? And those who wanted those who wanted to make those who wanted that business to become stable. I'm talking about my family is a, my family is into that. Was into that. They are all poor now. All those who are into that, they are all poor now. They, they were the ones doing the business. The lottery in Ghana started from my hometown. All lottery from Ghana started from my hometown. It's my uncles who started lottery and my grandfathers. They are the ones who brought it. <laughs> As I original pay, all these people, they are from my, my hometown. They are, it's not working. Brother, Obri, all those people, it's not working. I have uncles, very poor. It's not a small thing. They were very rich some time ago, bought houses. They've sold all the houses. Why? Gambling. They can't. You see, they are big, 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 big men who are losing huge monies and stealing huge monies in order to be able to replace some things. Why? Because it's not, it's not working. Wealth from gambling always disappears quickly. And God doesn't want you to depend, your life to be dependent on that. Because you, 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 may, you may end up hanging yourself one of these days. Because you'll be owing so much that you can't pay back. And because you are you are frantic. You want to get whatever. You keep going. Hmm? And you have a problem. God doesn't want that for you. Is that too much to ask for? It's like having a child who is, is making certain decisions you know is going to destroy his life. And you are seeing that, oh, don't make this decision. It's going to destroy your life. What can your father do? He's trying to prevent you, but if you're not minding, I mean, it's up to you. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So the issue is with how it influences you and how it makes your life become and all of that. I mean, it becomes a problem. Okay? Yeah. God doesn't want you to destroy yourself, basically. So all this, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do this. All the don'ts is because God cares about you. It's all because God cares about you. Or you don't believe that God cares about you? Yes. What does drinking do to your liver? With time, you will see. You think you are gaining a certain pleasure in the booze. The pleasure is destroying you. You think you are gaining a certain kind of pleasure with having multiple sex with multiple people all over the place. You'll be surprised at the STDs and the HIV and the the homes you will wreck and the lives that you will destroy. Your, and your own life. You are just destroying your own life. So God is just trying to protect you and preserve you. That's why he's saying some things. And if you learn to trust God and trust what he's saying to you, you'll be more comfortable. You'll have a better life. Yes. 
your, your wealth will not be gained in the wrong way. And your wealth will be more stable. Yes, because if I get, get 6,000 Ghana cities, it's money I've gotten from doing right, something right. So it doesn't leave my hands just like that. But you will get, you will get 6,000. You buy, you, you know, if you want more, so you will stake, because 6,000 is nothing. 6,000 cities is what? It's nothing. It's not, it's not going to do what you want it to do for you. So you want to bet more. No, be so. Have you prospered since you started betting? You can't say, I mean, you can't really say that you have had a certain kind of... It doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never, I've never gambled, but I've been in the business before. Because my uncles were in it, so I'm, I was part of those who organized the business. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I was organizing the business. I was part of it. I was one of the people that... I mean, if you were in the family, it's one of the things you do. Yeah, by the time you're finishing GSS to secondary school, you go and work and get money. So that's what I was doing. I just go and work. And I saw how it was destroying people. I, was, I noticed. Yeah. I didn't know the word of God concerning it. But as I grew up, I realized that this thing is fake. Yes. And it has proven <laughs> true over time. Listen. I had uncles who could throw. At that time, they could throw, let's say, when we say 100,000 cities, do you understand? Those times. This is 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. 2000. They can throw 100,000 cities at you like this. So much money. So much money. Today, they can't find 1,000. My wife is saying she can't tell. They can't find 1,000 Ghana cities today. Do you get it? They can't find. Why? All lost through gambling. All, all, all. I know one who had seven houses. No, he doesn't have even one house now. Oh, yes, he doesn't have. He's lost everything through gambling. It's a deception. You think you have, you can go more. It's a, it's a habit. I know someone who is dead because of gambling. You, you know, one day, let me tell you a story. This, is, this, is, uh, this happened to me in 2001. Okay, yeah, 2000. I was just a small boy, secondary school boy. I went to visit a friend. When I was leaving, I saw her uncle there. And when I was leaving the house, he saw me going, so he called me. When he called me, he said, you have a bright future. I want to tell you my life story. Sit down. So I sat down, and he spoke to me for two hours. The content of his message, I just want to summarize for you. This man, and at the head of him, this man was a stupidly rich man who lived in a penthouse in, in London. High-rise building, penthouse, last floor in London. And flies to New York, he flies to Las Vegas every weekend to go and gamble and come back. Every weekend he goes, because he has a private jet, he goes, this is a Ghanaian, he goes every weekend to go and gamble and come back. Every weekend. So he go on Friday night, come back Monday morning, and then come and come and do what he's supposed to do as work from Monday to Friday. And then weekend he goes. That was his life. Okay? Yes. One of those days when he went, he put his penthouse on, he put all his properties on, because it was a big one. He put everything he had on, including his private jet. Oh, yes, that's what gambling does. You know, the taste. Just like any other thing. It just pulls you gradually. He bet. I'm not like, if I were lying to her, I'd have told you. Yes, I can call the lady right now. I can call her right now and then she'll tell you. He gambled and lost everything in one, one night. Everything. How he was going to go back was going to be a problem. Yes. And he ended up in Ghana. He had to come back home. Without anything. He had nothing in his life. Because, I mean, he's so big, he was so big that he can't beg on the streets. 
and declare bankruptcy and all of those things. I mean, it's not going to work. He just has to come back home. So he came back home. When you see his skin, you need, you know that he's been, he's been rich before. Yeah. He's lost everything in one night. So I don't know if that's what the kind of life you, you want. God said to Joshua and to the children of Israel, I said before you life and death, riches and poverty, choose life. God, that's how God is. He said everything before. He says choose life. He's recommending it for you. Choose life. If you choose life, it will work for you. If you don't want it to, it's your own life. When you finish this world and you are going, you go and ask, you go and answer to him. It's as simple as that. You have something to say, right? Like that, he has said everything. I just wanted to comment that actually, um, betting is not a business. No, you like what that it's not a business. It's what what is the produce? What what is the end result? What skill are you developing? What uh, what what impact are you having in society? People are tending towards betting because they don't know what God has done for them. Because of the lack of understanding of what God has done for you, number one, in terms of his inheritance for you, and number two, he's saying that he's blessing the works of your hands. The, the absence of that knowledge of what God has really given to you makes people now agitated. And when they give examples or excuses, the economy or something or family or something not doing well, they fall on that one to get some money quickly to solve a problem or two. But like we are saying, it's just a habit. It's, it's actually betting, if you want to simplify it, it's like all of us, bring your money. One person came and says, comes and says that, okay, all of you bring your money. When you bring your money, then we'll all give it to this person. Then the next day, you give it to this person. But he has randomized it. And sometimes even uh, um, uh, controls it. So you'll be, you'll be doing it, and because you are doing it often in your mind, you think you are being smart. Okay, I know how to calculate, but it's random. You can't control it. So after a period, then, you are, all you have done is learning to guess. That's the only skill. And learning to guess is not a skill. Because guess, when you guess today, the next day is still a guess. You can't improve on the skill on guessing. So you think that you are, you are becoming smart, like you have some charm, you have some lucky something. Some, after a while, all that supposed scale goes to nothing. And then now you find out that you don't know anything. You don't have any skill. Look, it's not just betting. I mean, Sakawa, we've, we've dealt with these things for a very long time. Some, one of them came to me. There were a number of them. They were whole, the chairman and his boys. So I sat with them. And I spoke with them. And I told them that one of them said that, oh, this thing they know is not good and all that. One day they will stop and all that. They will really have some business they want to do. So I asked, what business do you want to do? They said, well, I want to deal in um, um, buying and selling of things. I said, what things? He mentioned, I said, how much do you think you need to start it? He doesn't know. Do you know the business of it? He doesn't know. Then I asked him, so when will you ever know how much money you need before you can start the business that you say you want to start? He didn't have an answer for it. I said, then, then what, what skill do you have now? Why don't you stop and rather practice how to learn this thing so that you can get it? But the problem was that the taste of having money, and whenever they get the money, do you know what happens? Within a week, a few days, it's finished. Because they've not worked to get money, they don't, have, they don't know that money is actually valid. Re- read that scripture again, Proverbs 13, 13 11. 11. Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth from gambling quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows. This is God talking about, God is talking about gambling. Wealth from gambling, that's what? Or you don't agree? It's up to you if you agree, fine. If you don't agree, (laughs) voila, voila. I can't control you. Wealth from hard work, that's what? Gross. Wealth from hard work 
grows. There's a popular businessman in this country who died some years ago. He died because of gambling. If you've been around for some time, you would know. I'm sure the older people would know. Yes. Popular businessman. Big business he had. He too, he would travel and go and gamble and come. I don't know if you remember. The business is around Kanishi area. <laughs> oh, yes. Gambling. I know some big men who gamble today. I know them. They can gamble 200,000 CDs in a night. Yes. She also knows them. 200,000, 500,000 a night. Yes. They are never comfortable. They look wealthy, but they are actually not. When something happens, that part is gone. Everything is gone. Wealth from gambling quickly disappears. You can put this in your pocket. Wealth from hard work. Wealth from hard work grows. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The second part of the question. Yeah, what was it? Worldly music, and then uh, it, it, it's faster. You get more money. If money is what you're looking for in life, then that is also... <laughs> uh, if you choose mammon, money over God, it's up to you. Yes. Then it means you sacrifice your mother after some time. Because you need, you need money to do something. You, you need to... If they tell you that... Uh, you see, because there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no smoke without fire. Everything that is working is supported by something spiritual. James chapter 2, verse 26. And as the body without the spirit is dead, and so also faith without works is dead. Everybody that is working, everybody, everything that is working, eh, is working because of a spirit behind it. James chapter 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is, is dead also. As the body without the spirit is dead. The body without the spirit, your body without the spirit is what? Yeah. Is dead. This principle applies to every single thing. Every single thing that is working is working because there's a spirit behind it. There's something. Do you know how Steve Jobs got the iPhone into your hands? Have you read Steve Jobs' history? Steve just spent so many years in India. How many years did he spend? It's about three years or four years, something like that, in India. And then came back. When he came, do you know what he would do before he goes to, to give a talk, to open a new iPhone, to bring iPhone 6, iPhone 7? Do you know what he would do? Okay, he would dip his legs into the toilet bowl. A toilet bowl in the house, like your water closet. You dip his legs. Read it. It's in his books. It's the one who he he gave, he issued to write his autobiography. Wrote everything. He would dip his legs into the water closet. Will you do that? Dip his legs into the water closet and wear his shoes and come. Everything he will say, you will hear. You will listen to. You think you think it's normal. You think it is normal. Someone who didn't have a chair in his house. No chair. Nothing. Nothing. Sitting on the floor all the time. Meditating all the time. All he does is to meditate. And when he comes out and he wants you to come and work for him, he will look into your eyes and start talking to you. Come and work for me. Come and work for me. All he did was to gather the best brains and put them together. He didn't have, he was just a designer. He's not a tech guy. He's a designer. He's a designer. Yeah. You think life is normal. Be there. You, dear, be there. So music is sponsored by all kinds of things. Hmm? Watch, you see, watch Jay-Z, if you're interested. There's this story concerning them and how they produce their music. 
and how they need a certain kind of atmosphere to, me, to produce their music. Yes. And how they can go to voodoo. Be there. Don't, some, some of these things, you don't read much. You just consume things. You are just consuming. You don't read. You have to read things and find out how things are working. Yes, you should see. I watched a video, they were there like this. As I come your muscle. Like the fetish. I, I don't know if I watch it with you. It, it became very loud. When truth of hip hop, whatever came and those things, uh, they, when they started, they decided to come out. Yes, they were showing things. It's like, just for beats. Then the beat will be coming. Dum, 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 touch this. Dum, 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 dum. Then you, you are consuming. Yes. So yes, you get the money. But if you want to sell or so for the money, it's up to you. Feel free. Tell me about feel free. I'll show you Deuteronomy chapter 30 once again. I said before you, life. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing, brothers. It's therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So it's up to you. Yes. You can follow Mammon or you can follow God. It's up to you. Yes. Say something. Also, um, again, back to what Daddy and Mammy mentioned at the beginning of the message. You have that comparison happening because when Christians have what God has asked them to do, they don't give themselves so much into it. And so at the end of the day, you see, something must be behind pushing it. It's either you are engaging God or you're engaging something else. But it's, it's interesting that Christians, or some Christians, instead of engaging God, are playing around the thing. They never give their mind to it. Any Christian that gives his mind to a thing flourishes. You must, you see, if you've not had examples of it, start looking for examples of it. And mind you, also, the social media is curated or is um, manipulated in a certain way to give you an image. But that doesn't mean that that is it. Some people believe social media so much that it's like social media, what social media has said is like, it is, it's like scriptures written across the sky. You saw that they said this is nice. And you are so convinced this is nice. You are so programmed that even when they show you something that is nice, you can't even see because of that programming, you've watched it and it's like, this is the only thing you know that is nice. And it's actually a lie. So it is not always the, the case, or it's not actually even truth that when you follow God, it's slow. When you follow devil, it's fast. It's a deception. It's a big deception. Or when you follow God, you'll be poor. When you follow devil, you'll be rich. That's why we talk about God and mammon. No, it, you see, God's way of doing things is different from how the devil and the, the systems of the world do their things. If you are interested, and that's the issue, that's the main thing. So that's why I'm preaching to you, and not to trying to correct what is in the system. We are trying to preach to you for you to take what you have said you believe seriously. Like, you are spending, you see, when you're a believer, you're a Christian, it should show. Some, most Christians are even shy of speaking in tongues out, like, around. They don't want people to know they speak in tongues. They don't want people to know that they have a Bible. They, when something is being discussed about God, they want to be quiet. Meet another person who is something else. They are bold about it. And when they produce a result, a certain type of result, they, they are like, ah, then it means they are prospering. You, what you know, you, you don't take it seriously. For me, I say that the Bible says that the fool says that in his heart, there is no God. And I add to it that it's always a personal thing. A bigger fool knows that there is God and does nothing about it. That's a bigger fool. You know. There is God. You have every information about it. And you don't do anything about it. Then you are a bigger fool. Oh, yes. In Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Look at this. 
I, I just typed Steve Jobs dips feet into toilet bowl. And I, it has come up. Yes, this is true. Steve Jobs did wash his feet in, to, in the toilet sometimes to relieve stress. Do you relieve stress by dipping your... <laughs> when spirits are working, you say stress. <laughs> you are correct. Walter Isaacson did mention um, this in his Jobs biography. This is a very well-documented and publicized fact. And it was also shown in the Jobs movie where Michael Fassbender washes his feet in the toilet bowl before he, the start of a presentation. Every presentation, before he starts, he dips his feet in the toilet bowl. Why? He's engaging certain spirits. So that whatever he will say, you take. Having to notice that when he left, the thing is not working in a certain way. They just keep putting camera around, somewhere, camera around. It's not working. Yes. Because he saw something, somewhere, that he wanted to bring into this world. And he needed to engage. You can't, you can't just do things. You have to engage. You have to engage what? Spirits. It's either you're engaging the Holy Spirit, who is from God, or you're engaging other things. For things to work, everybody's going for help. It's either you are getting the help of the Holy Ghost, who's the helper, real helper, or you are getting the help of other things. It's up to you. It's up to you. It is up to you. One comes with life, one comes with death. It's up to you. Yes, he's engaging. He wasn't doing this before. He was. He's engaging. Yes, look into your eyes. Read this. Read this biography. You see that it's not normal. There's something wrong somewhere. Something's going on somewhere. What is? What is this? So, brothers and sisters, it's up to you. Everything has something following it. It's a spirit behind everything. If you either engaging the Holy Ghost or you're engaging something else, choose life. Engage the Holy Spirit. Get serious with the Holy Ghost. He's a true helper. He will help you. He will help you. Whatever money you are looking for, he will help you make the money without any stress. Yes. The blessing of the Lord, that's what? Make it rich and add no sorrow. It adds no sorrow. Riches that has sorrow, plenty sorrow. Sorrow, plenty, no peace, no peace of mind. You have money, physical cash, but you don't have peace. Go and go and see the fishermen in Bota region. They are all they are okay. There's no pressure on them. Yes, one day I drove, we drove from here to a corner in Afran Plains. Wild corner. We drove for about maybe eight hours. Through bush, 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 bush. We went to meet some people who live there. They are so happy. No network. You can't go on social media. Nothing. They are so happy. They eat, they sleep, they just farm, and then they are fine. We are sitting in this city and we are suffering. <laughs> well, everybody wants to make it. I won't hammer. If I have to sing certain types of song to hammer, I will blow. I will hammer and blow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed? Have you learned anything since you came to church? All right. Next, I will control the question and answers, and I think it will be very powerful for us. Beautiful. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.